0: Right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest and anywhere you may be listening to ITHSW podcast. It is another episode of the famed Welcome Back to Hockey 2020 NHL version podcast. We are uh, bringing you all the action. Uh, Scott Strandy live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host tonight, uh, Paul Hornstein, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York. And Seth Askelson joining me from North Phoenix. I think we're going to have uh, a special guest coming in from Vegas. uh, Stephen Marsh joining us as well in a few minutes. So uh, as we tune everybody in, Seth, first of all, how are you?
1: I'm good. I was actually helping. uh, I am back at home in North Phoenix, but was helping a friend move um, in Tempe. So, Scott, uh, if you ever ask me to help you move in August, I might have to tell you (laughs) the to change the date to October, because my, oh my, it was uh, it was a day, that's for sure.
0: Uh,
1: I hear you, and Paul Hornstein on
0: Long Island, how are you doing?
2: Uh, clearly a lot better than Seth, because I wasn't dumb enough to help somebody move in August in the Valley of the Sun.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's a great way to start the show, that's, guys. That's pushing friendship, I'll tell you that right now. Boy, is it ever. Well, <laughs> congratulations. I'm glad you made it through it, Seth, because uh, uh, we have hockey to talk about tonight. And uh, I want to start off, before we talk about today, let's uh, recap yesterday, because now we've had about 24 hours to settle in after the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I don't know if it was a, a major upset, but how they managed to uh, to win that series, um, it was – it was quite amazing, and they beat Nashville again. It's the second time they've beaten them in a playoff series. So, uh, now that you've had a little time to uh, to think about it, uh, give us your thoughts, Seth, on on just uh, how that all came about.
1: I mean, I think. Look, is it an upset? Sure, right? Like by the numbers, by the rankings, yeah, six eleven. Sure, it was a it was an upset. But really, when you think about the Coyotes, they were only four points out of a playoff spot, and I know they were sliding a little bit. So it's not like it was with Pittsburgh and Montreal or Edmonton and Chicago where the point differences were so huge and, you know, Chicago barely makes it in. Montreal barely makes it in. I mean, there was really a discussion, should Montreal have even been allowed? And, I mean, if if you really want to go deeper, maybe the only reason Montreal was allowed is so there was an even amount of teams on each side. I mean, you look in the NBA, what they did. Um, there was only one other Eastern conference team outside of the top eight that was invited. And then there was about um, five Western conference teams. So the NHL, which I think had the best restart of any, of any league, um, you know, they, they got the upsets. They probably won it. Now my thing is, and, and I think we'll jump in this a little bit later, is I hope this doesn't lead to a change in the playoff format because I'm sure the NHL has dollar signs in their eyes when they see these upsets and and the drama it creates. But for the Coyotes, I didn't think they were that much worse of a team. I guess when you look at the games on paper, sure, they were outshot, they were outpossessed. But I think that came a lot in big chunks of time, right? Like I think there was five minutes where they were dominated in each period rather than it wasn't a full game domination and they capitalized on on their chances. And look, to win a Stanley Cup, you got to ride a hot goaltender and Who's the hottest goaltender to ride right now other than Darcy Kemper?
0: Yeah, great point. And when you talk dollar signs in the NHL, you're talking Paul
2: Hornstein's numbers there. Uh, They're all about that, aren't they, Paul? (laughs) Oh, well, I got news for you, Seth. Um, And maybe this had something to do with his team getting into the playoffs. Okay, but they were in the top eight anyway. Barry Trotz came out in favor of this format. He goes, with there being an extra team starting next year, he, now, so, and and this is where the NHL makes their money, is the playoffs. So, uh, right. while I understand where you're coming from, and I'm, for the most part, in agreement with you, Okay, one of the coaches, one of the most successful coaches in the history of the league says, no, I like this. Don't think that wasn't heard in Manhattan, all the way from Toronto. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay.
1: Oh, I bet Gary ahead, Bettman so... is trying to count up all those votes. On he's gonna he's gonna push every every positive vote for <laughs> that playoff he can. And yeah, having Barry Trotz say something is that's big for his case.
0: All right. So there was a huge game today that had implications for the Arizona Coyotes and the Vegas Golden Knights. Paul's okay, going to. What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday first? Now hold on a minute. Uh, I got Stephen on, and, and I want to get him on to, to uh, talk about that. Then we're going to go back and and, and revisit because uh, Steven's going to join us, and I know he's still uh, pretty ramped up from from what happened. So um, Paul's going to tell us first of all that that round robin game didn't matter. Um, the two teams that played the game thought it meant something. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> Stephen Marsh, are you with us? Yep, I'm here. Oh, Okay, um, let us let us know well, your thoughts. Uh, being in Vegas, how important was that that game? And did the Vegas Knights show you anything different today?
3: To you answer your second question, yes, this this was certainly their their best game of the three round robin games that they they played. Uh, I just love the way they they really played the Colorado's um, level. And, of course, the Golden Knights are at, at their level. But, I mean, th- you could just tell how much speed was out there. I mean, Colorado is such a fast team and such a lot of young skills, and, and, and uh, they were able to, to keep up with that. And, and, and the goaltending was, was great by Leonard. Um, the defense was, was great. Uh, you know, you capitalize on a couple of, of bad uh, uh, penalties from each team, each team capitalizing on a power play as a result of that. But then redeeming themselves later on in the game, Ryan Reese helping getting a goal. And then uh, McKinnon getting a goal for the Avs after taking a bad penalty, so that was that was fun. Plus, uh, Marshall saw had a great game, but uh, it, it was an important game, and you could tell out there the way they were playing that uh, they, they both wanted the number one seed, uh, especially knowing now who who the opponent was going to be, and knowing that you were going to play either Chicago or Arizona in the first round, and and that you it would give you easier matchups maybe, um, knowing that Arizona. Maybe Chicago would be a little bit easier than Arizona would because we've seen how good Arizona. been although Chicago's, you know, not going to be an easy task either, but uh, I think the Golden Knights and the Avs certainly wanted wanted that one today.
0: Okay, so that's what I want to throw into that one. Well, two things. Uh, last uh, last night on, on last night's show, I said uh, the team that has a dominant goaltender. Good special teams, but the third aspect that came into my vision, at least over the last week, was a dominant third and fourth line. And we saw it again today with the Golden Knights. Uh, They got a goal from Ryan Reeves. They got uh, two goals from March Assault. But who got the game winner in overtime? Alex Tuck again. Now, you can debate whether Tuck is a second-liner or a third-liner, but he has had a big series so far, so – Kudos to, to the Golden Knights for for moving on, and and I think you're right. I think uh, it, it, you know, careful what you wish for, I guess. But I think the Golden Knights would much rather have faced uh, Chicago than the the Coyotes right now because they know how hot Kemper is. Uh, Seth,
3: you're your <laughs> how about on that? that?
1: Yeah, I think as Stephen was saying, right? You know who's going to be the hotter matchup, and look. You don't want to disrespect the Blackhawks because that's a team that's won three Stanley Cups within the last 10 years and really was to be thought, uh, you know, there's debates whether it's Pittsburgh or Chicago, the ultimate salary cap dynasty. And you can throw the Kings in there, too. I know they only won two Cups, but it was pretty incredible what they put together. But I mean, honestly, if there was any other team Chicago had matched up with, they would not have won that series. And the reason that the Oilers are perfect for them is because both of those teams, like to play a high up, you know, upscale pace and move the puck and get a lot of shots on goal and goaltending is shaky. You know, they're using two goaltenders. I mean, I know Koskinen really started the rest of that series, but when Mike Smith and Corey Crawford faced off, that was a rematch of the 2012 Western Conference quarterfinals between the Coyotes and the Blackhawks, right? Like those two guys were playing at the top of their games eight years ago, and that just isn't the case anymore. So I think Part of it is, you know, you're the number one seed. You get a team that struggles to play defense, doesn't really get good goaltending, and they're trying to ride the back one more time of a guy who, I mean, really, you know, he won the last two Cups. He didn't win in 2010. That was on the Miami, But, you know, a guy that, that is a – you know, they're trying to ride a Stanley Cup legend one last time, and I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think you want to play Arizona right now. That's the last team you want to play. If you watch Darcy Kemper make – you know, over 150 saves in the last four games, uh, you might as well just, you know, you better start coming up with a good game plan. And and the Coyotes, they're 1-0-1 against Colorado this year. They they didn't give up a point. Or, you know, they only conceded one of a four possible points to uh, – or, sorry, two of a four possible points to Colorado, and they got three out of four. So um, I think the Coyotes match up better with Colorado. I mean, we saw them play Vegas – uh, not only in the exhibition, but I think the last few times they've played Vegas. they I mean, they've really been outmatched, honestly, every time they've played Vegas in, in the past three seasons. But I think Colorado is a perfect matchup for Arizona. But Steven's right. Look, you, you know who the opponents are. I think early on it didn't really matter, but now you know, okay, you get a chance to play the worst team on the west side. And, I mean, you don't want to take the Blackhawks lightly, but I think you're more willing to play the Blackhawks than you are the Coyotes right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul, I'm going to
2: throw this one at you because uh, – Well, I, I don't get a you... chance to respond yeah. to this.
1: Okay, respond.
2: Okay. Respond. Uh, I, I think you're I, I think you're dealing with a Sophie's Choice here, okay, because okay. I don't uh, – there's no question that the goalie that played the best in this qualifying round was Darcy Kemper. But uh, when you have guys that are still playing at a high level, like – Duncan Keith, and Taves, and Kane, and you have who's, who who is, is, is playing on that line and scored tons and tons of points against Edmonton, okay? And, and there is without question something to be said for playoff and championship winning experience, okay? It's why the Golden Knights went out and got Alex Martinez, Okay? and made other deals at the deadline, okay? They needed to make the they, – they made the deal for the for, for Robin Lena, who, you know, has been very, very solid in his round-robin games, okay? Uh, but he hasn't won a cup. That's not knocking him. It's just fact, okay? So uh, I, I don't think they went into the game today saying, well – I don't want to play this team or I don't want to play this team. Okay. And there were a lot of playoff goals in that game today. Okay. And I agree with Seth. I think that the, the Colorado is probably a better matchup for the Coyotes. Okay. But the, you're now going to see uh, the games taken up a notch because now everybody has something on the line. And you even heard the guys on NHL network say today, it was an intense game, but it was not what it normally would be at a playoff level when it's do or die.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, my point and the question that I want to throw out at you is you you heard from the NHL Network guys. I heard a little bit of it today, but the talk has already turned around in the hot stove of the NHL, which hasn't even occurred yet, is Henrik Lundqvist may be out as uh, the Rangers goaltender, and the speculation is already that he should become the goaltender in Edmonton to try to give some goaltending support to, to Connor McDavid and, and, and that lineup. Just your thoughts, Paul, on Henrik Lundqvist. If he should go that direction to Edmonton, it, is it going to be a change for them,
2: or is he starting to uh, get a little long in the tooth? Well, he's definitely getting long in the tooth, but he's still better than anything they have at the moment. And he's not going to be the starting goaltender for the Rangers next year. So uh, if that's what happens, good for him. I mean, he's, got, he's been in the league now for 16 years. So it's not like uh, he's got another 10 years to go in the league. Could he have one or two more years in him on a team that scores like Edmonton does? And is he a better option than Koskinen and Mike Smith? Think he is, but you know, and and Edmonton doesn't need at least to this point hasn't needed great goaltending. They've just needed solid goaltending.
0: Yeah, and I think what they could use in addition to solid goaltending is just a A defensive defenseman. (laughs) Yeah, well, that and the better fourth line. I mean, it keeps coming back to that, guys. I mean, look at the Coyotes; they are where they are because of Michael Grabner. And, and Brad Richardson and uh, Carl Soderbergh. I mean, you start throwing these guys out that, that you know, don't get their names called a whole heck of a lot during the regular season maybe, but uh, when it comes right down to it, if your third or fourth line can outmatch the third or fourth line, or even like the, the Golden Knights use uh, Ryan Reeves and that line with Carrier and and Nosick to uh, to go up against the top line as a checking line, um, you got – when you got talent that way, you, it frees up everybody else. I mean, uh, there's no no doubt that Marchesal came to play today, but he he also had the benefit of of having those third- and fourth-line guys taking care of some of the other opponents. And, um, you know, I just think that's a major part of it. Um, Steven, I'm going to come back to you because I want to ask you, Seth likes the uh, Arizona Coyotes and Colorado matchup. How happy are you that it's uh, Vegas and Chicago? You kind of already mentioned it, but how happy are you for the Golden Knights to face them?
3: Well, I, I'm I'm excited. I think it's a better I think it's a better matchup. Uh, you know, you got to be careful. You uh, you know, you're gonna have uh, Robin Leonard, who who's if he's the guy who's gonna be in the net, he's gonna have uh, something to uh, show to Chicago. Obviously, they didn't want want to have him around, and so they traded him away and. I liked his tweet. Uh, he tweeted out <laughs> on some sort of GIF, uh, like awkward. Like this is gonna be like awkward or something, right? No, this is gonna be uh, so. It's gonna be a fun. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun matchup. Uh, I think it's it gives them a better chance of uh, advancing, and and being the number one seed now is you get the lowest team remaining in the, in the following round. So so that helps in, in that regard too. I think that's why getting that one seed was was so important. Obviously, if you want to win the cup. You got to be at your best, and, and hey, an eight seed can win. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen what the LA Kings did a few years ago, and we've seen what other other teams can do as, a, as an eighth seed or seven seed or lower seed. So it's it's not a given for sure. But um, seeing what I saw today from the Golden Knights and uh, you know Chicago, yeah, they, they had a great series against Edmonton. But we've talked about how Edmonton maybe was had some flaws that Vegas is not going to have. I, I like Vegas' chances, but it, it will not be
0: a guarantee. But I do like the chances. Okay, back to Seth for the West. Seth, when you look at the rest of the teams that are in the West, we, uh, I've been saying it all along, I think Colorado and, and Vegas are the two cream of the crop, and everybody else is, is a distant third. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't have a chance to win because we all know the playoffs, but your thoughts on the remaining teams in the West, Seth?
1: I mean, while the numbers and the round robins say Vegas and Colorado are 1-2, I'm not sold on Colorado I don't think defensively their bottom three is is that fantastic, and I don't think their goaltending is that great, right? I mean, they're leaning on a guy, Philip Grubauer, who started for them last year. I just – I don't know. I don't know. I, I almost feel like they're too young, right? Like when you talk about the Blackhawks, what they did before they started their dynasty, right? They made the playoffs in 08. Then they went to the Western Conference Finals in 09. And then they won the Stanley Cup Finals in 2010. Like, I feel like they're in that – they're, like, right there. They're close. I think Dallas is better. I think Dallas has the better goaltending. I think they have the better goaltending tandem. I think they're better up front, though. They're a little more inconsistent up front, but I really like their back end as well. So, I mean, I think Colorado's three. I don't – you know, I I don't know how to feel about St. Louis. St. Louis did not look good in those round-robin games. But is that because, I mean, to Paul – I mean, as Paul said, you know, he doesn't care about him, But, I mean, how much – how much does the Blues really want to get in? I'm sure they didn't like getting smacked around 6-4 to four and only having 17 shots, but I don't expect that to happen to St. Louis again in these playoffs. So, I mean, I don't know how to feel about St. Louis right now. If they pick up their play, I think St. Louis is better than Colorado too, but right now I think Dallas is top two.
2: Well, right. that's that's the biggest advantage going into the series, I think, that the Coyotes have is they are definitely better in the net than Colorado is. I, I wouldn't say that on, on, on the rest of the team, but that's a big that's a big scale balancing point in the coyotes favor. Okay? Um, and until the champs are beaten, they're still the champs. And, and I know that's a cliche, but sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason. Okay, and is their team exactly the same as last year's team? No. Uh, Is that roster still close to the same? Yes. Okay, and the guy in the net has won a cup because he's and he was a rookie last year when he won. So anybody that counts out St. Louis, and I'm not saying you're doing that, Seth, because you're just saying you don't know what to think. You're the you're the champs until you get beat. Good point. Um, here's the other thing
0: that I want to say about the West guys is uh, I like, like Sep does, Arizona and Colorado. I like that uh, for a business standpoint, obviously, and I like it uh, for the Golden Knights with Chicago. I think those other two series are going to be uh, just massive, because I think Calgary uh, can do some damage. Uh physically uh and they can score and the team that scares the heck out of me in the west right now is what team are you going to get with vancouver because i didn't give them a whole heck of a lot of credit uh, i picked minnesota to win obviously and and they obviously didn't but that power play that vancouver's got the only thing that i worry about with them is can those young guys hold up because they are thin and if they get beat up in the long playoff series one after another how long can they go yeah, let's go to Stephen on this one. Uh, your thoughts on on Vancouver and Calgary and and St. Louis and Dallas?
3: Well, you know, I I, I guess with Vancouver, I I mean they are they are good too. I mean they, they beat uh, you're right they beat Minnesota and and I, I picked them to to beat Minnesota, but I don't know. I just I guess I guess Minnesota and uh, I guess I'm trying to think what the matchup is going to be. What Minnesota? Who's Minnesota playing? They're playing St. Louis. Is that the matchup?
0: I uh, know Minnesota's up. It's going to be. Well, no, I mean, I mean, Van- I, mean Vancouver, yeah, know, I mean, we don't know. We don't know yet until tomorrow's game. Oh, because came. till tomorrow, that's right. Right, yeah. but but those are the four teams that are left, and out of right. those four, you, you have, like Paul said, the defending champion. You got Dallas, who we all think has got great goaltending and a pretty solid team, and then you got two scary teams. And out of those four, only two are going to advance, right? So it really doesn't – to me, it doesn't matter who the matchups are. It's that it, when the first round is over with, two of those four teams are going to be gone, which is going to leave, uh, I think, two scary teams. You Because know? if, yeah. uh, if Vancouver's left, that makes me nervous. But then they would have eliminated either St. Louis or Dallas. And if Calgary's left, it makes me a bit nervous, but they would have eliminated either Dallas or St. Louis too. So – Anyway, it's it's kind of one uh, six to one and a half dozen of another. Paul, you have any <laughs> thoughts on that?
2: Um, well, uh, I, I think the place that you're most right for an upset is definitely Colorado and Arizona um, and uh, followed by Chicago and, and Vegas only because I think those other teams are just too deep for Calgary and Vancouver. I know that won't make anybody north of the border happy because that'll be two more Canadian teams knocked out, but um, uh, that's just the way I look at it. The Blues and, and, and the Stars are just much deeper than those other teams, uh, and those teams are much more flawed. So, um, the place where you would look for an upset and would be Colorado and Arizona or Chicago and Vegas, but you know, you know, and the differences in those teams are much greater, but they have those one major scale balancers in the goaltending for the, for the Coyotes and the pedigree for the Blackhawks. And you don't have that for Vancouver, and you don't have that for Calgary. And you have guys on Dallas that have won, and you have guys, and obviously St. Louis is the defending champions, but so th- those balancing factors are not there. Yep, I guess I, understand. I guess
3: the only thing with Dallas is it seems like to me, and 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 again, this goes back to how much we take stock in the round robin games. But it just seems to me in the two games for Dallas in the round robin games were just kind of were subpar. I mean, I mean they they did okay against Vegas, but you know they kind of and then they blanked against the Avalanche. So I mean they maybe looked a little subpar, but again, I mean it just depends on how much we really take stock in the, of these uh, Means games. Nothing. Look, we look at the east side, <laughs> and we look at the east side, and nothing. We look at the east side in Boston. I mean, Boston was the top <laughs> team in the regular season, and they they're over in the round robin. They're probably going to be the four. They're going to be either the three or the four seed. But you know, so they look Can, look like a little lost too. But but maybe Dallas will turn it up for the playoffs.
2: You know, we have tomorrow night when most of these matchups will be solved to talk about next week. Can we talk about how great yesterday was? <laughs> with six elimination games. Yeah, I and so the crazy that. and the craziness of Columbus blowing a three-nothing lead oh. with a chance to make it six for six on eliminations and blowing that lead with less oh. than five minutes to go. Okay. Hey, guys,
0: guess guess who I didn't text last night after that game? I did not send a text to Kenny McCudden, <laughs> and,
3: and, 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 and course, nor should and you course, have. And Coach Tortorella didn't have much to say in his post-game no. press conference with the media. I'm glad not I'm not a media. Shot. I'm not. I'm <laughs> glad I'm not media there that, has, that needs to ask him questions because you're not yeah. going to get much out of him after that one. And he did All not. Right. <laughs>
2: How awkward. Well, listen. You had, you know, uh, I honestly didn't think. I mean. I honestly didn't think that the Islanders would take care of Florida in the manner that they did. Uh, I, I clearly am biased and, and, and thought the Islanders were the better team anyway. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't expect a 5-1 to one game. Uh, Florida was in the game until about midway through the second period, and then the Islanders took over. Uh, I, I don't even know how to explain Pittsburgh and Montreal other than Carey Price. <laughs> right. uh, I, I really don't. And everybody was saying that from the start, Paul. Carey Price is going to be the difference maker. He well, was. Everybody was saying from the start that the only team that doesn't have a chance to, to really have a chance to win is Montreal. Right. And you say to you, because let's face it, it's not like Matt Murray hasn't won a cup. Right. So that, that once again, the difference in that key position was not as great as it was in other places. Okay. Um. The, the, the fact of the matter is that the Penguins, uh, you know, were up 3-1 to one and gave up a Game 3 lead of 3-1 to one to lose 4-3. to three. They lost two games in overtime. Uh, they lost a one-goal game basically yesterday because the one goal was an empty net. Okay? And so now we get to subject ourselves to all the conspiracies and they will be and I and and I'm telling you right now I'm going to scream to the high bloody heavens when Pittsburgh gets another number 1 overall pick or Edmonton gets another number 1 overall pick or we get a Patrick Ewing situation uh with 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 the ping pong balls and oh we don't know how the the, the Rangers got the number 1 pick and yeah okay oh or if Toronto loses tomorrow night uh, how that happens? Because oh goodness, you know, if, if that are Edmonton guys,
0: if that are Edmonton, anybody down here in the desert southwest, and Seth can attest to that, uh, if, if Edmonton or Toronto uh, get that number one pick, I mean, we're all going to scream as loud as we can. Isn't that is that not a fact, Seth?
1: Well, but my thing is, they get the number one pick. Obviously, you got to take Lafreniere, but. What does that change? Like, for Edmonton, your problem is
2: defense. (laughs) I know. For Toronto,
1: your problem is defense. And I think people don't like to talk about it, but I don't think Freddie Anderson's a good playoff goaltender. Like, that's – and even with Pittsburgh, right? Like, if Pittsburgh gets it, okay, you got another elite forward for the next 10, 15 years. Again. this This isn't basketball where Crosby can go out and, you know, put up 50 points and drag his team. Like, you have to have the pieces on the back end. So that's, you know, I mean, sure, is it annoying that a Toronto or an Edmonton or a Pittsburgh can get that pick? Sure. But like, okay. So they get it. So now what, does that solve the, the point that the Pittsburgh Penguins paid Jack Johnson, all this money to be terrible or no, listen. That Oilers paid Chris Russell to be terrible or traded or the Maple Leafs traded Nazeem Kadri for Tyson Berry, who's severely underperformed. Like, I, I mean, I get, again, again, I get that it would be annoying, but, it
2: doesn't,
1: it doesn't really change the DNA of any of those teams, I don't
2: think. Well, listen, and, and, and this is my fault because I let this, conver- this this part of the conversation get off on a tangent. My point was that how great was yesterday with six games to watch, uh, and starting on Wednesday night, regardless of the matchups, you're going to have another two weeks of quadruple headers, and, yeah. and it, it is hockey glory it's a little later than we expected, but heck, uh, you know, if this was May and June, I wouldn't be able to stay up and watch all these games because I'd be getting up to go to work the next morning. Now all right. bring so, it on.
0: Speaking of getting up and going to work, uh, in case uh, our listeners haven't figured out, we're going to a full hour tonight, so we'll be on for a little bit longer, but let's take the break right now. Let's come back and, and, and focus a little bit on the Eastern conference and then we'll, uh, Wrap things up with our two teams here in the desert southwest again. So, give us about three minutes, folks. We'll listen to some of our uh, partners and we'll be back with you uh, very shortly.
4: Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the Rink and Sandals. Now, you can show off your game and style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy big William Carlson fan or is Austin Matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more thirsty after getting off the ice our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat comfortable and durable show up to the rink in style an authorized retailer of summer skates you can purchase yours through our website at SW.com.
5: Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords as well as the new 2021 models just arriving like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to belford.com or call us at 602-866-1776. And let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Hey, Michael here from Mdrat My
4: dad, a world-class scientist
5: smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone
4: baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the Spirit Ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila,
0: All right, uh, we're back. Another uh, welcome back to Hockey 2020 podcast. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's the All-Star team tonight, folks. Uh, we got myself. We got Paul Hornstein on the Long Island. We got Seth Askelson in North Phoenix. We've got uh, Stephen Marsh uh, up in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're only missing Zach Bondurant, uh who had a previous commitment, but we are uh, we're the All-Star team. So w- welcome to the honored All-Star team, guys. Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, okay. So we had a chance to talk about the West just a little bit. Let's uh, let's get into the East a little bit. The first team that uh, eliminated uh, a team was Carolina. Uh, Paul, let's start it up with Carolina. Your thoughts on them? I call them probably one of the uh, the best playoff teams uh, definitely in the East.
2: Well, they're a very dangerous team. Okay. They, uh, they have, they're, they're a very well-balanced team. Uh, You you don't think of their goaltenders uh, as being uh, championship quality goaltenders, but uh, Mrazik did it. They pretty much shut down the Rangers in this qualifying round. He got them to the conference finals last year uh, after taking over uh, in the net because of injuries. Um, and they pretty much dominated the Rangers without their best defenseman at Dougie Hamilton, uh, who's practiced, but he hasn't played yet. So that makes them an even more dangerous team. Uh, and, you know, right now they don't know, uh, whether they're going to play the Capitals or the Bruins in, in, in the next round, because that'll be depending on tomorrow night. Um, but this is a dangerous team. Uh, I think that the East is a little bit more balanced than the West is. Uh, not that I don't think that Tampa Bay uh, or or the Bruins or or the, the the Capitals or the listen, I am you know Carter Hart has been great for the Flyers, okay. um, and they were the hottest team before uh, the pandemic hit, so it is not really a fluke, okay. but Carolina uh, has good forwards. They play a solid defensive game. Uh, Mrazic is better than people give him credit for, and like I said, they didn't have their best defenseman in that opening qualifying round series. So if they get Dougie Hamilton back, they're going to be even more dangerous. Uh, Sebastian Ajo and Smechnikov are tremendous forwards and a threat every time they're on the ice. Uh, and they have a guy in Justin Williams who's only known as Mr. Game 7. So you're talking about a team that has guys that has won, that have won Cups, they have all-star type players. Uh, they're just out of the media spotlight. Yeah, okay, good point,
0: Stephen. Uh, your your thoughts on the East? Uh, what do you think uh, is happening over there, and what what are they going to bring? Um, well, you
3: know, I, we've talked about uh, Toronto. I wanted to mention this. You know, Austin Matthews got the uh, overtime goal last night. And of course, he's an Arizona guy, and so that's uh, congrats to him. You know, I I just. I guess
0: can, I can we talk about some Minnesota guys, or are you just gonna keep with the desert southwest theory?
3: Well, <laughs> is this hockey in the desert southwest or hockey in Minnesota website? <laughs> good point. <laughs> I know you're a Minnesota guy, so you try to get the Minnesota uh, readers up, and that's the that's Good, we, we need as many. Yeah. Readers.
2: By the way. Uh, try to do anything without mentioning that Duluth is the two-time defending NCAA champions but you know the Blues kind of go under the radar they're only the defending NHL champions so let's not uh, let's let's make sure we call them out for this hey hey guys guys did I did I mention that uh, Scott Perunovich was
0: signing autographs in Lake Elmo Minnesota where I was at Uh, he was there yesterday with uh, our good friend, Jess Myers, uh, doing a little interview. So, did I mention he's a two-time national championship and the current Obie Baker winner?
2: Once again, <laughs> you notice how All that right, shows Stephen. you get forgotten.
0: Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen, I hijacked you for a minute. No, but, no, no. Uh, and, by way, that... and by the way, Zach Whitecloth is from Bemidji State. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's
3: right. Um, but Toronto and the Columbus, yeah, we talked a little bit about this before, but I just – this is going to be an interesting game to watch tomorrow, and it's going to be uh, – Toronto's going to be at home and you know, they're going to be the home team, you know, in their home arena. So, I mean, you now have a, both teams now who've been on the other end of a comeback and you wonder, you wonder who's going to, who's going to come, come play. They put, uh, you know, Columbus did go with uh, Elvis Merz Lincoln's in net, And it seems to have worked, although, you know, the Columbus splurted for the four goals there late in yesterday's game. But, um, but it seemed like before that he was really the effective um, for them. So we'll have to see what they do there. But, uh, I, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that these Canadian teams, they, there's always so much pressure on these Canadian teams to, to really go far. And we talked a little bit about what in the West, but, you know, Montreal moved on and and I don't know if they're really going to get past the next round. I, you know, that either Philly or Tampa Bay, I believe, you know, they're, they're playing right now and the winner or loser that will play Montreal because they'll be the lowest seed in the, in the East. But, um, but Toronto, I mean, we would love to see Columbus move on, but I I just, after last night, I think Toronto's going to have the momentum and, and I think they're going to, they're going to move on. Um, You know, again, Montreal moves on over Pittsburgh. That one is a big surprise, of course, but um, so that's, I guess that's, that's a big surprise. And we talked a little bit about the Islanders, but um, you know, the Islanders can make a deep run too. So um, I guess those are just some thoughts I've been having about some of the East, Eastern series.
2: And let's not forget. uh, Zach Wierenski is a question mark for that game tomorrow night. And he is one of their top pair defensemen along with Seth Jones who play about 28 minutes a night. So to not have him in that lineup and coming off blowing that game the way they did last night, um, I've learned never to say never, but it's definitely going to be tough for Columbus to come back from that because they had the series in their hands and they let it go. And – to, the, to Stephen's point, uh, I don't know if there are two teams in sports that have more pressure on them every year than the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> and the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, maybe the Dallas Cowboys come close. Maybe. Maybe the New York Yankees are right there. But if you put together a top five team's in terms of who has more pressure <laughs> on them point. year after year after year, you're you're, you're talking Toronto and Montreal, uh, where the spotlight is always supernova. It's not white hot. It is supernova, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year.
3: I should mention yeah. this too that uh, J- Jake Muzzin uh, is not going to play for Toronto. You know he he was you know he had that bad uh, I guess accident or hit in. The, in in the game the other night or a couple yeah, games ago. Yeah. And, and luckily he's scary doing well scary, scary hit, yeah. yeah. And so he's not going to be available. So there's there's a defenseman that they're down. So you might look at that as, you know, a, a, a kind of a storyline too. But obviously it worked, you know, last night they were able to win. So so we'll, we'll see. I don't – it'll be a fun game to watch tomorrow, uh, Columbus and uh, Toronto. <laughs>
0: All right, Seth, uh, fire your two cents worth in on the East. I know you got some thoughts on what's going on over there.
1: Yeah, I remember Paul had said earlier in the podcast that he didn't think the Islanders were going to play the Panthers like that. But, I mean, I didn't think the Panthers were that good to begin with. Um, that team couldn't play defense to save their lives. Look, I know Bob was getting, Bobrovsky's getting a, a ton of heat. But, look, he just doesn't have the defenseman in front of him. Ekblad, you know, is kind of kind of plateaued off, which, I mean, with where Ekblad's at, that's fine. But that's not a guy, you know, they, that they drafted so high. You know, I, I think they want more out of him. Um, it doesn't matter who you put in there at coach. You could put Jesus Christ himself there that in, in coach. They just don't have the talent defensively. And even up front, they don't have the talent defensively to play a, a two-way game like the Coyotes, like the Islanders, really.
5: Well, yeah, but
2: Seth, go ahead, finish.
1: Oh, yeah, and again, sure, you know, Bobrovsky hasn't maybe played up to expectations, but he also has had a lot better team in front of him uh, in Columbus and and
2: over the years. Well, yeah, my my, uh, point was that you don't see too many Islander games where they score five goals. And they kind of made it easy on themselves, which they don't seem to do ever. Uh, you know, as they got into the third period and they were leading three to one, four to one. um, And usually Islander games are one goal games, no matter who's in front, especially under Barry Trotz. So uh, not that I didn't think they were going to win. It's just unusual for them to win by scoring five goals. They just don't do it. Um, (laughs) First of all, I don't think they shoot enough, especially on the power play. So, uh, somebody pointed out to me that they were four for 12 in the series. Well, okay, but you should have been better because you just don't move the puck fast enough and you don't shoot enough.
0: They're, they're but holding on to that new building. That's what's going on. Paul, they, the offensive outburst is going to come in the new building. They just yeah, want well, to hold on. till they Don't end. wait. I don't want them to wait. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to throw this out to you as well. Our, our uh, uh, VP of content uh, has asked us to uh, get prepared to uh, do our picks for the uh, Sweet Sixteen in the NHL, if you will. So uh, put your thinking caps on again, and we'll have. Because that to went so uh,
3: well the first time around, right? For this qualifying <laughs> series.
0: <laughs> well, we're challenged, right? He wants to put yeah. something out there and put us out there. So keep your uh, your thinking caps on. Um, I we talked a little bit already about Friday, and when when that first came out and, and all those elimination games were there, um, it was elimination Friday. Did any of you think that it was going to be five for six in eliminations, or did you think somebody else might have held on and and
2: brought it to a game five? Anybody? Well, listen, uh, do you expect six for six? No. Did you expect for six for six? Or at that point, it would have been 5-for-5 with Columbus having a 3 nothing lead with five minutes to go in the game. Yes. Uh, But, you know, know, what the heck do I know? I'm I'm far from an expert, obviously, because I got uh, three series wrong in the Western Conference, and I got two of them wrong. Well, I don't know if I got two of them wrong in the Eastern Conference yet because there's still a game five, but. Um, you know, it just goes to show you it's a playoffs and in hockey more than any other sport, uh, at least in those that play series, you are more likely to see something unusual happen than necessarily in baseball or basketball. So, uh, you know, like I said, Going into this, all the experts said the only team that really doesn't have a chance to win that first series is Montreal. So uh, we weren't the only ones that were wrong. Well,
3: okay, and I look so- at two, and I look at this too. You know, in the in, 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 we normally have a best of seven format. You get a lot of series that when teams are up two to one, they win the third game of the series, and then they go on and you know the fourth game they win that fourth game and it's tries is is the clincher game. So you get a lot of people that go up three ones in series in a lot of in some cases. And so this is just gonna I kind of look at that, and you know, a lot of two-one series with uh, three, of being the three, court being a best of five, and a lot of, lot of chances to close it out. And and you know, I think te- a lot of these teams knew how important it was to close out if they have the opportunity to eliminate somebody to do it, because we we know in all in a winner-take-all game scenario, in this case, a game five or regular in a game seven, it, you just you never know what can happen. That's why I think I think Columbus is going to be so. They're not out of it, but I think they're gonna. They're so and the way it happened. They're gonna be so. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Uh, you wonder how they're gonna respond because they were. They had a three nothing. They they had them on the ropes, and they let Toronto get back into it. And Toronto's gonna have all the momentum tomorrow. So I, I don't know if Columbus can do it, but but Toronto's been known to to choke too, in in, in clinching situations too. So <laughs> I don't know. Stay tuned, I guess, for that one tomorrow, but.
0: Okay, let, let me grab the reins here just for a minute. we got about 10 minutes left. I want everybody to take about two minutes each to uh, to just kind of uh, summarize where we're at. But before we get there, uh, I want Stephen to tell us a couple of things about the uh, Seattle Kraken because there's a couple of big points that he brought up last night that I think are worth mentioning again. So, Stephen, if you know what I'm talking about, bring out those two points from the Kraken. Uh, sure. I mean, gonna pull
3: it up here. I didn't realize... I don't come didn't come. I didn't think we were going to talk about that, but let me uh, let me pull that up. But one of them is uh, they made they made news uh, is they hired the, fir- the first full time uh, NHL uh, black play by play announcer in Everett uh, Fitzu. I hope I said that right. And uh, he is somebody that was with the Cincinnati Cyclones of the ECHL, I believe, for the last four or five years. And he is going to be so. This is a great move. We talk a lot about you know we've been talking a lot about uh, what we're seeing with. The Black Lives Matter. We're seeing, you know, trying to get more diversity in sports, and especially in hockey, where, you know, we saw Matt Dumba's speech. We saw the kneeling with the Golden Knight players and the Dallas Stars in that game uh, earlier this week, and and and, the, and so the move like this by Seattle is a uh, is, is a good move, um, and it's a, it's just kind of one of those things that. Uh,
0: we're, we're, and we're... how about the uh, how about the guy that's doing the production for him? Where did he come from?
3: Well, he he was. <laughs> Most recently with the Rangers and Madison Square Garden, but but he was of course was with the Golden Knights in their first uh, run of it. Johnny Greco, who who was so big on getting the Golden Knights production, and what you saw with the start of games and and all that in arena stuff uh, at the in, in the start of the Golden Knights' uh, history, their T Mobile the Fortress. Um, you know, he's had a lot of experience in the WWE before that. So this guy has, has, has a good background in, in putting this sort of stuff on, obviously. in entertainment. Well. in correct? entertainment, correct. And doing well, did it well here in Vegas. And, of course, they've been able to continue that, that tradition here in Vegas. But uh, uh, Seattle's going to be uh, – Seattle's really looking like they're trying to outdo Vegas because they've just – they made the, the, the notion, I think, recently that they got more – Season ticket
0: uh, drive, and they they're
3: getting more more they have more season,
0: and more you know, season ticket sold than they have uh, in their arena capacity plus some.
3: And <laughs> then I think with the jersey, I think with the some of the jerseys and stuff. To some of the, now that the Kraken has been announced as the team name, I think they're starting to get a lot more. Well, more people wanting to buy their gear at at the rate than than Vegas was at the the beginning. So they're they're taking pride in that. So so Seattle's uh, Seattle's looking to outdo Vegas in in everything. And you got you got a guy like uh, you know with Mike Greco who's going to do a great job with the on ice and getting the entertainment production of the at the games in. And we saw how well that's been for the uh, Golden
0: Knights. So, uh, So all right, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Seth, uh, we're going to start off with you on the recap. So give us your uh, two-minute recap on, on who you think is going to make the uh, the difference, both East and West, the first round of the playoffs.
1: Um, oh, for the West, it's going to be Darcy Kemper. I think the Coyotes, I mean, it was mentioned they have the best chance for an upset. I don't believe in Vancouver. I don't know what Jacob Martian brings. This is his first really good, consistent year in a contract year. I mean, look, he's going to get paid what he deserves, but I mean, he's never played, you know, never played in the playoffs. We'll see what he has to offer. I don't believe in Calgary. I think if Winnipeg has a full lineup with Shifley and line A in, I think Calgary is a different story. I don't trust their goaltending. I think the Coyotes are going to pull the upset off. And I think we're going to see Vegas and Arizona in round two, because that's, you know, Vegas gets past Chicago. They obviously get the lowest seed remaining, which would be Arizona. Um, so I think it's going to be Darcy Kemper. I think he's going to steal another series. Now, when you get to Vegas, I don't know what happens after that, but I think Darcy Kemper is going to be the chain game changer. Now, out in the East, I, I think the game changer is going to be who wins tomorrow between Columbus and Toronto because I think Columbus is a team that's built for the playoffs, physical, can score when they need to. Obviously, didn't play the defense they needed to last night in the final five minutes of that hockey game, but – for the most part, very solid team. They do have a young goaltender. Now, if Toronto moves on, they got the firepower that not only brings the money into the, uh, into the league account, but, you know, it brings eyes to the TV they have off. And obviously, you saw their offense shine in that final five minutes. So, I think the difference maker is going to be whoever wins that Toronto-Columbus game because they're not going to have to play Philadelphia. They're not going to have to play Tampa in that first round. They're going to get Boston, who, look, I get it. They're playing rounds, and they're obviously going to increase their intensity. But these teams that are moving on from the qualifiers are already have already played four to five games worth of playoff hockey. So they're they're fo- focused, they're sharp. So I think in the East, the difference is going to be whoever wins Game Five tomorrow between Toronto and Columbus.
2: All right, Paul, your two minutes is up. Go get it. My two minutes are up. I didn't even get started yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you're you're starting. Your, your two minutes are not up. They're oh, uh, you're up to give oh, us two okay. minutes. <laughs> uh, I think I think in the West you'll see a lot of chalk. I I I I, I do believe that the favorites will win those series. Uh, Darcy Kemper could be the wild card in that. Um, and I'm not brushing off the Blackhawk ex- experience, but I-, I think you'll see chalk in the West. Uh, I think in the East, it is much more jumbled and much more scrambled. Um, do I see Washington being an easy out? No, remember, they won the Cup two years ago. They still got a lot of those guys there. Uh, Carlson is 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 a top-notch power play quarterback. And, um, you know, all they do is feed Ovechkin, and everybody knows that that's what they're going to do. And guess what? He still scores 45 goals a year. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay still has championship pedigree. Uh, Vasilevsky uh, is is a Vesna Trophy winner. And I think they're going to be angry when it comes time for their next game. Uh Especially if they get a full healthy roster back, uh, so I, I think you could see a scramble. Uh, I think that Boston has weaknesses, mostly because uh, if they have to go with Halak over Tuka Rask, uh, I, I don't see them being a legitimate championship contender. Could they win? Could they? Could they? Could, could they win a series or two? Yes, they they have very good defense and. And just pain in the neck players to play against. Um, the Flyers are in that mold where they haven't done it yet, so we don't know. But you know they're going to be the number one seed most likely. Uh, they're they're beating Tampa Bay tonight as we speak. So three yeah, one right now in the yeah. second so, intermission. Uh, I think the East is more focused on matchups. Than, the, than, than I think the West is. I think the the, the matchups and the styles and the, the that kind of stuff, the scouting-type stuff is more of a factor in the East than it is in the West because I think the talent in the top four teams in the West is just that much better than the other four teams. So I think the East is definitely a scramble. Is there a pecking order? Sure. What that pecking order is, though, I don't know.
0: Okay, you heard it, uh, Steven, Two minutes to uh, to give us your rundown on East and West. What's going to happen this first round? Well, whatever I say, people should should do the opposite. But uh... <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm listening closely now. <laughs> I better it means I better pick against the Golden Knights, so then they end up winning, right? <laughs> no, go with but... the Minnesota kids. I'm telling you, <laughs> you can never go wrong there, right? <laughs>
3: No, I I I agree a lot with what the, what's been said already with, with Seth and Paul. I, I think with it, it, the East is going to be a little bit more more of a up in the air as as to who's going to come on top, which makes it more exciting. When you know my my is one of my biggest gripes in the past with the NBA is it always seemed like it was so predictable every year. It was you know was, when LeBron was on Cleveland. It was always seemed like it was Cleveland and and then uh, uh, Golden State. And every year, like four years in a row, they met. So it was like so predictable how it was going to play out. But one thing that's so great about the NHL playoffs, and especially with this format, it just seems like there's not – you don't really know who's going to come out on top. We saw the run that St. Louis made uh, last, last year. We saw what Vegas did in their first season. Nobody predicted that. You know, on, in Washington, you know, making the run to beat Vegas. And so and what we've seen with, with teams running, we, we saw what the run Carolina – we saw the upsets we saw last year. And I think we, we see some upsets this year with obviously Montreal, and and I think that's great for the game of hockey when stuff like that happens. I'm sure the, the other teams don't like when that happens, obviously, but it makes it more uh, fun that way. And so I think I really think Arizona's got a chance against Colorado. I, now I I still think Colorado is one of the team top teams in the in the West, and they have a lot of speed. It's going to be a tough matchup. I I think Nashville didn't bring as much to the table as I would have expected, um, and and Arizona obviously has. Kemper, and he's been really solid for him, and he's gonna have to be—he's gonna have to be his best to really uh, give uh, Arizona a chance to beat a team like Colorado. With somebody like McKinnon, I mean, McKinnon was—I mean, the way he was skating around out there today, he was had a lot of speed on. and you know, obviously a lot of their Colorado players have a lot of speed. Uh, Vegas and Chicago, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm Vegas is, has the upper hand in that series, but you know, don't count Chicago out. Now, Chicago also has somebody on their team now that maybe has a little intel on Vegas, and that guy is Malcolm Subban. You wonder how much uh, intel Subban can give on Chicago about their tendencies. Now, they were in attendance today watching the game, so that's the advantage of this kind of playoff format is you have a chance to watch these games in person. So they got a chance to see Vegas and Colorado in person, and and I'm sure they played them enough times they know that style. So that's not going to be a challenge. But I still think Vegas will come on top. I think Vegas makes a deep run. East is a little bit unpredictable. I really like Carolina. I think Carolina's got a really good chance of going, uh, going far. Um, I just, I think they're just a fun team to watch, and I, I enjoyed them last season. I, I, I really enjoy them this year, and uh, and I think they can, they can really surprise a lot of, a lot of people like they did last year. But it won't be as a surprise. I think more people are aware of how good Carolina can be. So, um, and I, and I just look at uh, somebody like the Bruins. I don't really. I, I, I the Bruins are, were good in the regular season, but that seems like so long ago now, four months ago. This is essentially really a, like a new season, even though it's not. And I just, you know, Philly, Philly seems to be one of the top teams right now, too. They seem to be a team that could really make a deep run. So um, those are some of my initial thoughts. It's, I'm just excited we're going to get to the next round. We got through the qualifying round. Round Robin games are just about over with. And uh, starting on Tuesday, we're probably going to have probably <laughs> hockey from 9 a.m. to – 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. again at night, at least some days, since we'll have so many A-series to get through on just two locations. So uh, should be another great
0: week of hockey ahead, and uh, can't wait for it to start, I guess, Tuesday. Well done, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to congratulate the NHL one more time because they have set the standard uh, for all sports, I believe, in what they have done and the ability to uh, go up against COVID and, and at least at this point continue to uh, – be the winner. So uh, congratulations to the NHL and all the great jobs they've done, as well as Toronto and Edmonton for stepping up and doing a really good job by taking care of the bubble cities. I will remind everybody that tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, we'll be back with you for another special welcome back to hockey 2020 podcast. We also tomorrow are trying something a little different. We've got three prize packs from uh, M drive to give away tomorrow, and it's going to be call-ins. So tell your friends to listen live. And uh, take the opportunity to call in and win uh, some M Drive uh, packages tomorrow, as M Drive is our sponsor to welcome back Hockey 2020 for the month of August. Paul Hornstein, that's your key. To take it away.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, let's make sure that we mention that all those times you guys mentioned were Pacific times.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There is another
2: yeah, part yeah, of the yeah, country, isn't there? Yeah. There. Yeah, there's. There's a few people <laughs> on the East Coast in this country. Uh, and let's, you know, hey, it's
1: it's West Coast, best Coast. Well, I listen. Uh, we're not
2: arguing west, best east, best west. Just saying, uh, this is a, a podcast, and we need to make sure that people are aware of time six zones. p.m. Pacific time, folks. Six uh, p.m. Uh, Pacific yes. time, and we 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 have a host. Out of the yeah. four of us, that has trouble with this whole time zone thing. So <laughs> that's because I'm in several of them. Several sure. of them. Oh, yeah. Okay.
3: Just wait <laughs> to just wait till, just wait till uh, we we spring for or fall back in Arizona and Vegas are different time zones, and then of I course New York. I mean, when Arizona, doesn't change, so they will be you know <laughs> they're weird like that. So when we have the time change, then I'll be an hour oh, ahead, yeah. and they'll be an hour behind, or they're an hour ahead. I'll be an hour, Can't hour wait behind. For be that. Three hours. So that's all. Really, get confusing for Scott.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait for that. Anyway, yeah, welcome back to Doesn't take much. I hit my head, guys. <laughs> really? Because I don't think that mattered. <laughs> welcome back to Hockey 2020. On the Ice Time Hockey, SW.com network is brought to you by Bell Ford. Presenting partner of the Sunday special, it's summertime and hockey's back. Come to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and check out our summer truck and SUV fa- SUV sale at uh, bellford.com. Get the bar stock. For your playoff run with Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, go to mexicanmoonshine.com and find your bottle. Buy summer skates. Show off your playoff passion and style with koozies and shower shoes personalized or with your favorite player's name and number at summerskates.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Welcome, Stella. Call us at 1-702-541-5546. Championship taste. For a championship run, jessyraysbarbecue.com And by M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. Trying to watch all the games, and we have another 10 to 14 days of quadruple headers. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. Welcome back to Hockey 2020. And all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and the I Radio app. Welcome back to Hockey 2020, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the Ice time Hockey, SW.com network. Oh, very well done. Way to sneak in. That's uh, Stella there
0: for Mike and Jesse Ray. Congratulations on that new baby girl up there at Jesse Ray's barbecue. And uh, I will remind you once again, we will be on at 6 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow night. Make sure you're listening live and get your chance to win some great M Drive prizes. We will also be back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with our regular scheduled podcasts, as well. I do want to throw out the fact that we've got a new What Drives You from Drive coming up, and it kicks off our officiating uh, remarks from the referee coming up uh, uh, as a regular feature on the podcast. I'm sorry, on the uh, website. So tune in for all that good stuff for tonight for uh, Paul Hornstein, Stephen Marsh, Seth Askelson, this is Scott Strandy, saying good night, and we'll see you tomorrow. Keep watching hockey. Keep tuning in to the podcast. Roger Klein of the Peacemakers will play us a little Danero and send us off tonight. <laughs>